0: about common misconceptions about hiring remote developers, and the evolving distributed staffing model of work. Damian Filiatra, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thanks for having me,
0: John. It's a pleasure to be with you today. You're joining us from Northern California. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah, and today we're going to be talking about common misconceptions about hiring remote developers and employees, how we can uh, work with remote staffing uh, in our agency model, and a variety of other related kinds of topics. As we get started, I wanted to share Damien's bio with everybody. Damien is the founder and CEO of Scalable Path, a software staffing agency that matches leading companies and startups with vetted remote software developers. Previously, he headed PHP development at Solution Set, a multi-channel marketing services company, where he spent five months managing a team of developers in Goa, India. Damien has held sales and marketing positions at notable San Francisco technology companies, including Evite and CNET Networks. Through his work at Scalable Path, Damien has championed employment equity for software developers across Latin America. He also cares deeply for the environment and has pledged 10% of all Scalable Path's profits to climate change research. He holds a BA in Geography and a a Bachelor of Science in Computer Science from UC Berkeley and San Jose State University. And is passionate about software development and agile processes. It is a pleasure to have you. Anything else you would like to share with me or my audience by way of your background or personal context before we dive on into the conversation?
1: No, that was a pretty uh, thorough background there.
0: Well, good, and and you do have great experience. I'm super excited uh, to chat and just to pick your brain. And I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to meet with me and to have this conversation. So as we get started. Tell us a little bit about your work building a network of freelance software developers uh, more generally, and then we can zoom in a little bit.
1: I started Scalable Path in 2010. Um, it was, I had just uh, spent six months uh, managing a team in India and you know had dealt with um, some of the challenges over there. there. Of course, the time zone issue, I'd find myself up in the middle of the night trying to communicate with my colleagues in San Francisco. And there were some um, cultural challenges um, managing a team there as well. Um, And then I I came back to the United States and started working with um, some developers in Argentina. We eventually um, split off and and became scalable path. And um, initially we were just, a small web development company. Um, But we started seeing a few years into um, what we were doing, what some of the bigger players like TopTal were doing and, and building sort of this network or a platform for, for staff augmentation. And um, I had built some very large developer communities for Autodesk while working for an agency in San Francisco solution set, which you mentioned. Um, so I felt very comfortable and and we had the, the developers, you know, in-house to, to do it. And so we started building this really robust platform where developers from all over the world could create profiles and share what their skills were and all other sorts of things about themselves that can help us match them with, with client projects. And we kind of grew organically from there. And, uh, you know, today we have 25,000 plus uh, profiles uh, in the platform and we've placed over 500 developers and, you know, some are marketers and designers and project managers, but really development is most of what we do and with with over 300 clients. So it's a little background on that.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And in this new world of work, we need more access to these sorts of freelance networks to match talent up with the organizations that need the talent. And so freelance software developers, that's one niche, right? That's one segment of the type of work that we might try to get contingent, uh, contract freelance workers to, to fill the gap, but there's a bunch of things, right. And one thing I've seen just, I mean, all of this existed pre pandemic, certainly there were freelance software developers pre pandemic, there were networks for this to match Mm -hmm. people up pre pandemic, but it's just been accelerated so much. And there's just so much more of this, um, uh, people hanging out their own shingle, ch- trying out the gig economy, uh, trying mm-hmm. um, to do the freelance or the contingent work model, uh, doing the the remote uh, type of work and distributed work teams kind of model. And I think all of that's fantastic. I love the idea of just the equity around, um, br- you know, breaking down the geographical barriers mm-hmm. uh, of the traditional office space that allows anyone in the world from any background, any socioeconomic status, any gender, race, ethnicity, whatever—if they have the skill set, they can work for you and help you accomplish great things in your organization. I love that freelance work, and in this specific case, freelance software developers and and your your team uh, trying to match them up with organizations. I'm—it's it, just so great that we're able to have that in the modern world of work. And I think as we move into the future, that's only begin, going to become more and more common. And so we need to learn how to do it well. Yeah. Uh, if we hope to ha- tap into that great talent source.
1: Yeah. There's a lot that we're all learning about it. Um, you know, we have been working remotely, um, from day one since 2010 and the pandemic definitely did, um, you know, shifted into overdrive, you know, like once, you know, there was a lot of companies in the U S that were not really considering working remotely with people. And then they were kind of forced to work with work remotely with their traditionally in-house team. And then they sort of, the light bulb finally went off where they said, wait a minute, I'm working remotely now with Dave, who I've been working with in my local area, but wait a minute, like I could now hire someone in the next state or i could hire someone in latin america because it's the same time zone and it it, it, it just sort of exploded um but like we also with so much more attention on it like there's even we're learning things that like we've been doing this for for 12 years but there's so many new things that are happening like how do you um you know, track performance, you know, um, there's a lot of issues coming up around that, that, that we could chat about if you want, like, you know, what's too far, you know, like, like, should you be taking screen captures of people's screens and tracking their mouse and their keyboard? I don't think so. You know, um, should you be tracking, you know, how much they got done in a month? of work, you know, you let them know what what they're gonna be judged upon, how they're gonna how their performance is gonna be analyzed, and then look at it on a monthly basis, how how much did you get done? Yes. You know, you need to have performance metrics as a company when you can't just say like, did that person come in at 9 a.m. and leave at five right. or six? Are they working? Like you don't know. So you have to, you know, you don't want to be up in their face like big brother every day, but you you also <laughs> can't just, you know, completely turn a blind eye you need to make sure that people are performing and and overall evaluate um on yeah. fair predefined metrics
0: Yeah. So accountability is key. It always has been important. It continues to be important and how we frame up that accountability and how we track it and measure it and what the KPIs and the OKRs are yep. and all of that. Right. We have to be thoughtful about all of that. But I completely agree. The The whole butts and seats kind of approach to performance management has always seemed utterly ridiculous to me. So, you know, having this culture of who's sitting in their seat in the office are they here? Who's here early? Who's staying late? And somehow that's indicative of who the best performers are. That's crazy, um, and especially in this knowledge economy, in the modern world of work, that almost means nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've that's been something I've been grappling with for my entire career for the last couple of decades, and it, it just always drives me nuts. And and so certainly during the pandemic, it pushed leaders. To get outside their comfort zone in terms of, you know, like they're managing by walking around, kind of an approach that many leaders and managers might have had in the past, which is a super frankly lazy way to manage and lead people uh, and to assess performance. and And it's pushed people to actually get into what actually matters, and what actually yeah. matters is results. Like, what do you accomplish? I don't yeah. care how someone works when they work. Uh, I care about what they produce. And if they produce great content, great coding, great, whatever the job is, and they do a really great job, I don't care if it's at two in the morning or if it's at 10 at night or at 10 in the morning or whenever, you know, they need to be accessible to have client meetings and to meet yep. with the team and, and those sorts of things, of course, but beyond those sorts of things, which is a, a, a fraction of their total work time when they're actually doing the work outside of those sorts of synchronous meetings. Who cares as long as they're producing? And that's what I hear you saying. And I agree. So, I think we yeah, need to get totally more agree. towards that kind of an approach. And unless we can, it's it's like the old school assembly line factory kind of mode of management, which is completely outdated in most contexts, right?
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And And it's not an easy thing to just, you know, define these metrics for every type of position some position it's really clear you know it's like oh you maybe in sales you know okay how many uh phone calls did you get how many agreements did you get signed how many new clients what was the total dollars that you brought into the company very easy to like kind of come up with metrics for that type of a position you know for a software developer it's a bit harder i mean there are some that you can tease out you know like okay How many, some are just, you know, there's, we talked about certain things that you probably shouldn't do, like, you know, tracking their mouse activity. Um, But like,
0: but by the way, can I say this was years and years ago. So this was when I was a college student, just like part-time work, trying to pay the bills, right. While I'm going through Mm -hmm. school, but I worked in multiple call center jobs where Mm -hmm. that's exactly what they did all the time they tracked every second of every right. minute of every shift your mouse pat your mouse your your keystrokes everything they yep. they uh, recorded every single conversation like all of that right and it is super Soul frustrating sucking. yeah
1: <laughs> yeah i mean and i don't know that industry you know and there might be certain jobs like a you know don't take this the wrong way but like if if you're a, in a call center and, you know, m- maybe there are certain jobs where that might be necessary. I don't know. I, I, and maybe I should, I will say there, from
0: experience that that was overboard, even, in, a was, call even center. in that one.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it should be a, if maybe they couldn't track, maybe they didn't have the tooling in place to actually track like how many calls you did and what was the resolution of those calls? Were Were the people satisfied? <laughs> Cause I never, I always hang up when they say, oh, you're going to be asked a brief survey after this call to see how the person did. You're like, whatever, I'm, I got to go. But um, anyway, with, with developers, there's, there's sort of a, a spectrum of, you know, things that you might want to track and there's things that you shouldn't track, in my opinion, and there's things that you might track, but like, don't let it, don't, it's part of a bigger picture, you know? Like, yeah, how many times did you commit code this this month is that the pure indication of the quality of your work no you know how many lines of code did you write okay these are like these might help you catch you know egregious abuses you know like okay this guy's not even doing anything we're gonna let them go you know but like okay if the person you know didn't write a ton of lines that doesn't mean that they weren't thinking for you know like and then writing an elegant solution or or you know, it's got to be part of a, a a bigger bigger picture, and and one metric that I would love to be able to track, which is like in an agile. I don't know how how into the software world you are, but you know, there's in the agile methodologies, there's usually a concept for each task that a developer is working on is a number of points. You know, and it usually follows like a Fibonacci sequence. Like it's either like one or two, or three, or five, or eight, or it's just, it kind of grows in that series by level of complexity, and if you can agree as a team, like, okay, this task, and 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 come up with accurate point scores for, for the tasks that people are working on, and then at the end of the month, you could say, yeah, you you completed this many tasks, and you logged at this many points and you logged this many hours, like, okay, that's a a really good, you know, sense of a developer's productivity, but it has a lot of dependencies um, that you have to have in place as far as a good estimation of points and um, good time tracking and et cetera. But that would seem like a fair metric that would be really trying to get at the productivity of of an individual. Um, So, and there's some jobs that are even much harder than developers to come up with a yeah. metric for, you know, like marketing, I, I I guess, you know, new leads or, you know, website visitors or something, but right. some jobs just it's, it's hard. And so um, it, it's hard. We're learning as I think as a business community, you know, like how to navigate some of these new issues that have come up because of this move to remote and, you know, um, that's, that's what I'm interested in these days. Just like,
0: yeah, trying, trying to figure out that performance piece, the culture piece and something that stuck out as you were describing, you know, some of your frustrations around some of these sorts of things is, is what does it say about the culture of the team and the company? If we're big brother monitoring everything, mic and essentially micromanaging everything, right? It, it means there's no trust. And when there's no trust, people don't perform at their peak levels and they're not engaged. They're not going above and beyond. Uh, And so if, if in a knowledge economy in particular, so, you know, if we're focusing on in, on um, knowledge workers, such as software developers,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: we, we need to put together a good team and a team that we can have mutual accountability and trust with. And that Fundamentally, in my mind, means we're not going to be treating them like children, which means we're not going to be screenshotting and 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 keystroke tracking um, and all of those sorts of, uh, in my mind, over the top kinds of ways of of tracking "quote unquote" performance. But rather, we're going to get to metrics that actually mean something that actually ha- demonstrate their ability to provide solutions and innovations and to meet the needs of the customers and to bring value to the market. That's what we're going for. And that is a totally different thing than, you know, essentially a piece rate kind of an approach in a factory, you know, assembly line Mm -hmm. um, kind of a setting or whatever. So let's, let's look towards whether we're talking about freelance software developers or whatever, right? Whatever type of job, let's look for ways that we can develop mutual accountability and trust with our team, identify good objectives and metrics, track those and then provide performance conversations, coaching, mentoring, to help people perform at their peak levels, at their potential. Uh, and if we can do that, it, we don't need to be in a physical office space together to do that. Um, we can be, but we could also be uh, distributed and, and remote and and be just as effective. I'm completely convinced of that. Um, and with that, and it's kind of come out in some of the conversation we've had up to this point, but what would you say are the biggest misconceptions when it comes to hiring remote developers, like the things that people are always ca- nervous about, cautious about, that perhaps they don't need to be as concerned about. What, what are those misconceptions? And how can we overcome them?
1: And I just want to add one more thing to something you just said about, you know, that performance tracking topic and, and trust. And it's just just that the dynamic that, You know, knowledge workers and developers—they're—they're in demand, right? And I think as a company, um, if you don't provide um, a environment that people enjoy working in, they're going to go somewhere else. So you know, you could debate whether it's right or wrong or fair or not, but the truth is that the people that work for your company have a say in where they work too and even if you're like well no i'm convinced that you know you have to track every second of your work and that's just how it is and that's totally fair well they might say well i don't want to (laughs) and for better or for worse and and you might lose people that just and 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 we could spend hours debating what is correct and incorrect as far as tracking, but there's just sort of this gut feel that people are going to go with and where, what's going to make them happy. And it matters.
0: So it it totally matters. You're absolutely right because they're going to vote with their feet and ultimately if, if they're not okay with it, they're going to leave, just like you said. So attracting, retaining good talent, whether it's software developers, whether it's freelance or part-time or full-time staff in your organization, whatever Mm -hmm. um, it looks like. You're only going to get people if they want to be there. And so whether you agree with it or not, it's a super important point, regardless of all the debates that can happen around this, whether you agree with it or not, ultimately, that's what employees in the labor market is demanding. And so we got to respond.
1: Yeah. So misconceptions about hiring remotely. I I think one thing that comes to mind is, you know, back in the 90s when outsourcing sort of started it it was a different thing. It was like this, you know, India comes to mind where, you know, you had this very separate organization and you had a project and you might write up some specifications and throw it over the fence. And then maybe it it came back after a while and maybe it was right or, and it did well, or maybe it didn't. And it, and it, it was like this, our first foray into this world, especially in software was, not great you know it it we started learning that um and it's not just all about freelancing this was also just with in-house employees that that model of just like defining everything up front like the waterfall method of you know which make makes sense if you're building a 747 but if you're building software you know it's probably better to just Define the first little bit of it and then try to get that out, you know, in a month and see where you are and then get some feedback and keep adjusting. And, you know, that requires talking every day, communicating every day. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still a proponent of the daily standup. I'm, i I want, I want asynchronous to work. I can, I think with a really mature gelled team, but like for people that are just getting together and to start a project, I do think that that daily scrum, that daily stand up, as a catalyst for communication, is really important. Um, but where we went, we started out with outsourcing. I don't, I don't really use that word anymore. It, you know, it's more um, staff augmentation or or just having a team. You know, that's that's the new model that I'm seeing. It's like it doesn't really matter. Whether you're a full-time direct employee in an office or a contractor who's coming into the office or a full-time remote employee or a full-time contractor or a part-time contractor or someone through an agency, it doesn't really even matter because everyone's on a level playing field. When they come and they join that daily stand-up, they're all the same they're all working on this project together and they're they're working as a team and so and they're and so time zone matters you know like I do I'm with you that it doesn't matter when you do a lot of your work like if you're doing your solo work but you do have to be able to get together to communicate with your team and maybe a little bit after in case questions come up you know that you didn't you know couldn't think of at that in the scrum or you needed a breakout meeting or something but it's really the misconception is that it's this separate different kind of thing like you've got your company and these outside people they're freelancers they're different I think that companies that I'm working with that are really crushing it on this level can just assemble teams and it doesn't it's almost like it doesn't matter you know, like I I heard about this company the other day where they they used to put in the email signature, like, you know, Damien Filiatro, parentheses, contractor, like, like it mattered, right? Like, it's, it's all just, it's all just team members. And what model they're under is really, um, unless they're dealing with like, maybe you want to keep certain things super close to the vest, like, you know, access to your production server or sensitive, you know, customer data or something you, you might want to keep closer to the vest, but even that, you know, honestly, a lot of times we handle that for people, but I don't know how
0: does that strike anything for you? Uh, Absolutely. I think that's absolutely right. Uh, And, and really Damien, I just love all your insights. I note the time. I'm going to have to let you go here in just a moment. Um, But this has just been a fascinating conversation. It's only scratched the surface. And I would really encourage my audience to really dig into this topic and to think more deeply about the types of issues that we've raised for your teams. Uh, And as you are grappling with, you know, remote work, hybrid work, distributed teams augmented staffing, et cetera. Um, I think these were some really great points that were brought up. Before we wrap things up for today, Damien, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with my audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us the final word on the topic for today.
1: Well, I would just say that if you're a software developer or designer, project manager, data scientist, these sort of things, and you're looking to, um, you know, See what opportunities are out there in the freelance market, come to Scalable Path, create a profile, and uh, we may be able to match you with an interesting project. Um, And likewise, if you're a client looking for um, a company, looking for people like that, um, you can come to our website and let us know um, what your needs are, and uh, we can match you up with some great people.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Damien. It's been a real pleasure. Again, I encourage my audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Damien and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level.